Hey guys, welcome back. BDCKR here. We're back with Season 8, Episode 53 of our weekly Q&A uh, video slash podcast. Link in the description if you're on the video. And BDCKR Gaming on YouTube if you're on the podcast for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm saying that to a sum total of no one now. I think there was <laughs> one person one time who uh, knew about right. the podcast and not about the channel or maybe two people was it that there was one person and then we asked and then there was one other person in the comment or something i think so yeah um that sounds right but anyways uh we theoretically this is a q a video but practically this episode might have zero cues um depending on how this goes because last week i promised uh what i think is a pretty good story uh about food service um and then you have some stuff you want to share about where you just were yeah, well, and some people will be suspecting because last week's recap video was really kind of funky, even for us. And mm-hmm. I'll, I can explain why yeah. that was the case. So first off, the promised story. Uh, this was like, I don't know, like a week and a half ago at this point. All right, so can I say, though, I love this story. Like, I just want... <laughs> oh, it's funny. Yeah, okay. So uh, it's going to go a little long, but I think it really builds. So stick with it for the first couple minutes, even if you're not super engaged. But... um. I had never tried Red Lobster before. I had, like, the Cheddar Bay Biscuits from home, but I never tried it. Okay, can, can I say, though, mm-hmm. Red Lobster is very much an Anglo style of seafood. Yeah. Where a lot of the flavor depends on the creams and the sauces. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, the flavor of butter mm-hmm. can sometimes even overwhelm the flavor of whatever you have, like lobster, shrimp, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've never been a huge fan of Red Lobster, but I get why people have it, because if this is the kind of lobster and seafood that you're used to yeah it is very tasty mm-hmm. it's just a different kind of tasty when you have really fresh fresh yeah. unadulterated seafood yeah and so i love seafood but i never tried red lobster before so my friend uh was like okay we're gonna go get red lobster and so we were studying together yeah um and we decided to call uh before we drove out right so it would you know be ready around the time when Which we're there smart. instead of you know waiting like 20 minutes in like a red lobster right. lobby or whatever right in a world where you're where you're eating out so much you want it to be i mean sorry in a world where you can't eat out yeah you don't really want to be wasting so much time sitting around waiting for your food or even if it's yeah anyway sorry so the first thing that was really bizarre is that there was a really long, there was like a long hold music thing. We had to go through an options menu and hit like number buttons where it's like, are you looking to like place an order, press one. And it was a lot like calling like your cell phone provider, or like your internet provider or like some like customer support. Like it was long, there was hold music, there was like a estimated wait time thing. And it would said over three minutes um, because I had imagined that that's probably the longest that they ever had make you hold. Uh, but we ended up waiting about at least 10 minutes just that, to get past the hold okay. for a restaurant. So that's actually sophisticated. Was it like a central Red Lobster number or was it the lo- number for that location? I don't remember exactly. I think it was, I mean, we looked up the number for the location, but I think it routed us through. But I don't know. Because it's interesting because it, that kind of where they make you yeah. wait a little bit is kind of sophisticated. And they say, this is how long it's going to wait. That's usually big deal corporate yeah. kind of. Okay. Um, and so we called through. Uh, and then when we picked up the person on the other end, asked um, my friend to confirm the last four digits of her phone number, mm. which was really weird, and then said, uh, welcome back, her dad's name. Uh, right. I'm just going to say Chuck, which is not right, but I... Um, this is You've replaced the name to protect the identity of the people yeah. involved. So w- welcome back, Chuck. And what was the, the weird thing is that the person on the other end uh, asked my friend to confirm. So they heard my friend speak in right. a clearly feminine voice and it's not to say that you know 
a woman can't be named uh, Chuck. It was a very, like, dude-coded name. And it's not to say people can't be trans or non-binary or have a different voice. Right. But what's, what feels weird is that it, it would never have been wrong to just ask and go, am I speaking to Chuck? Right? Especially right. after specifically confirming the number first, because right. you could have just started by it. Or is this Chuck? Yeah. So it was like, hmm. Uh, so my best guess is that the thought process was that the, the number went through. It, they had it on file right. as being Chuck. And then the person on the other end asked to confirm the last four digits. Like, that was somehow the confirmation <laughs> that they were talking to Chuck as opposed to, um, you know, actually asking the person. And so right. my friend was like, oh, um, yeah, I'm not Chuck, but uh, hi. And the uh, person on the other end was like, oh, hi, not Chuck. Um, and so we we put in our order. It was a Thursday special. We wanted yeah. to make a couple substitutions. So we asked about the first substitution, and they're like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to go uh, check with the kitchen and see if that's okay. And we're like, oh, yeah. And then off back to the sort of, I, right. I don't remember if we were on hold music or if we were just put on hold um, at right. that time. But she was another couple minutes. So right. at this point, we've been on the call for at least like 15, 16 minutes, and we're like, we need to make another substitution. We weren't done. So the second they come back... right. Um, we're going to need to ask for a second substitution and go off again. So they come back on. What was the first substitution? Um, it was, I don't even remember specifically. It was, so there was a couple substitutions we made. We did a substitution of the dessert. We did a substitution of, um, cause it was a Thursday special, like Wally shrimp or whatever it's called for coconut shrimp. Right. Oh, okay. Um, and then we wanted in addition, uh, a virgin pina colada. Uh, right. in a to-go cup. So what I want to point out, look, is hearing the story, you know, sort of looking in, yeah. is that this makes it sort of a memorable conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, on their end, right? Yeah. Somebody's talking to you, they're making a cracking joke, hi, not Chuck. Yeah. They're making these subs- very distinct substitutions. Yeah. So it's not they're like... They're a little sassy, a little funny. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I, I will say we tried to order online, but for some reason the online order form mm-hmm. only had like... 40 characters worth of space for the substitution. Less than a tweet. Yeah, well, not it didn't say for substitution. It said for special instructions, and it said don't, right. like, substitute anything that's, like, more expensive, right? Right. Basically, or something along those lines. Not the exact words. But so we're like, we can't get this in. There's not even enough information to say one substitution. We're like, substitute right. Wally shrimp for coconut shrimp. And then it cut us off before we could even right. do that. And my friend wanted to make multiple. Um, so we're like, okay, let's just call. Right. So she comes back, and she goes, yeah, they said we can do that. Um, it, there might be a small charge or whatever. And we're like, that's fine. Uh, we want to do these other things too. And then she was like, oh, uh, I don't want to just say that's okay. I don't want to promise you something and not deliver. I can maybe go back and check it. And we had waited so long. We had been on the call for more than 20 minutes at this point. Right. We're like, let's just, they're, we're like, that's okay. You know, you can just put the stuff in as a special instructions or like check after you put the order through. Right. Um, and if there's like a little upcharge or whatever, that's fine. You know, right. or if you can't do it, that's also fine. We'll just show up and it'll be, the order will be it'll what, be what it, is. it is. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, and we're like, you know, we're sorry for being uh, such a pain in the butt. Um, and she's like, oh, no, no, no. This is the most interesting order I've had to put through today, which well, already felt kind of weird because I don't know what is so interesting about just doing a couple substitutions. Right. But. Um, Again, distinctive. Yeah. Memorable. Yeah. And so then I said something. I'm like, oh, thanks. I'm not sure that's a compliment exactly, but that, you know, I appreciate right. you not giving us a hard time. And then the line is dead. And we just don't hear anything back from her. Right, it just cuts off. Like, you talking well, and then... Well, she's just not saying anything. Right. So we're just like, hello? Hello? Uh, and then we, we wait, we wait, we wait for, you know, maybe another two, three minutes. And then uh, the call just disconnects. And we go, okay, right. well, we put our whole order through. She put it in, right? Right. Are they going to call us back? 
they don't call us back. Right. Uh, we're like, did the order go through? She didn't take our name. She didn't give us an estimated pickup time. And I'm saying she, you know, it just, it was a feminine voice. I shouldn't make that assumption, right, but um, right. makes it easier to tell the story. Right. I, I should use uh, n- gender neutral pronouns though. Um, that's, that's my bad. Um, so yeah, they don't call us back. We're like, I have no clue. And so we're like, I guess we have to call back and check. So we call back. It puts us through the thing again. No waiting this time, but it knows that we just called and it includes in the thing, like, thanks for calling back or whatever. Right. And then puts us through. And so we go through, uh, we get to, uh, the, the, <laughs> um, get through the restaurant again. It's a new person this time. Mm-hmm. And we go, hi, we just think we placed an order. Uh, I don't know if we did. Uh, can you please, uh, check right, right for right. us? And so she asked for the last four digits of our phone number and we say, uh, here they are. Uh, and again, I should say they, but, um, it was, so it's a new person. They asked for the last four digits of our phone number and then they go, uh, I don't know. What did you order? And then, um, we go through the order and they're like, oh, so you ordered the Thursday special, you ordered this substitution, this substitution, whatever. And we're like, yeah, that's right. It was like you ordered the substitution of the Wally shrimp for coconut shrimp, and then you uh, ordered it with the um, mussels and like a white wine sauce. And that was, you know, the the choice that we made and a substitution we made. And we're like, that's right. That's that's our order. Um, because that was the only stuff that we were sure had gone through, right? Right. And so the person on the other end goes... Okay, so I have it. You ordered it, you said, like, just now, like, 10 minutes ago or whatever. And we're like, yeah, that's about right. Um, and they go, okay, so we have it. But for some reason, uh, the the last person put it under Shelly. Um, so that's interesting. <clears throat> but is it this order? And we go, that's exactly right, except they missed the stuff at the end, right? Which was the right. stuff that we hadn't gone through yet. Right. Uh, second substitution and the, like, virgin pina colada. And they said, okay, that's no problem. It'll be ready in like 20 minutes. Um, I've, I've changed it, right? Cause they, they also asked us like, well, whose name is it under? And we're like, well, we never gave the name. It would right. be under like not Gus, maybe. I don't know. Right. right, right. And so they're like, put Shelly. And so because our interaction with the first, um, server well, was so weird. We're just like, I don't know. We like whatever. Right. And we, so we had our exact order. So we go. So you, it seemed like she, that person might have just put an arbitrary name just to fill it because the phone got cut off. Yeah. And right. like, you know, it seems like they're off their shift or something or they're right. off somewhere else doing something else. Right. And so we drive out, we get there, I go in, uh, totally unrelated to the story. So I'm not going to make it long. There was like a whole argument going on. Um, so you arrived at Red Lobster yeah. and there was a scene and I walked already. in and somebody was yelling and there was a big argument because, uh, this dude had gone out for his birthday. His parents were taking him out and, for his birthday. And you knew this because they were yelling it. Yeah. Oh, well, I heard the whole story <laughs> just waiting to, uh, okay. talk to the, uh, to, to pay for a meal. Right. Um, so he's yelling it was cause it was his birthday, but he had his vaccine passport, but forgot the wallet, uh, with his ID. So he had no way of sort of verifying it was him. Right. And so there's this back and forth where. Um, one of the employees, uh, was like, listen, we need both of these to check you in. Right. Um, this is like government, like regulation. We can't let you eat in with this. Right. They could lose their license. Like they could end up could. failing it's their health bad. inspection because of that. But I also get why he was a little frustrated sure. because he, his name was on his vaccine passport 
and it was the same last name as his dad. And he was like, I, we came in for my birthday. And if you look, today is the birthday that's listed on the vaccine passport, right? right? So he was sort of angry because he felt like they should just let it slide because it was clearly him. And um, probably felt that the person he was talking to was being real stuck up, right? Um, or yeah. too much of like a stickler for the rules. Um, and the person was just trying to do their best to, you know... Right. Uh, They're usually not in a position to make big changes to corporate policy. Yeah, and even just to let somebody sneak in. I mean, a lot of that, a lot of the nuance gets washed out if anybody ends up getting caught, right? Right, correct. So I'm sure they were just trying to cover their own butt, and I can't really blame... You can't fault either of them. I can't fault either of them that much. I can fault the guy a little bit for yelling so much. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, and I feel comfortable calling... Uh, the person a guy because the both parents were also arguing on the behalf and they kept saying our son our son our son right um so right um but the and he ended up just yelling and then being like okay let's go let's go into his mom uh and sort of ushering her out but then the dad was still arguing with the person and then he kept coming in and going like come on dad let's go and he was swearing and he's like let's get the f out of here like f these people seriously i don't care anymore like i want it let's eat somewhere else and the dad was just still quietly arguing with the person and then the son got pulled back into the argument again and it was this whole scene so i go in and it's just there's it's been weird it's been really weird already and then we show up i show up and i go hey um i'm here to pick up an order uh, and they're like, who's it for? And I'm like, I, that's a good question. It's <laughs> either for Susan or Shelley? it's for, um, is it Shelly? It's for Shelly. Okay. Susan was the lady's actual okay. name. I, right. It's a, they're a stranger to me. So I don't okay. feel like I'm giving away any personal right. information. And I'm like, this is either for Susan or, and then I say my friend's name, um, or it's, uh, for, oh, not Chuck, not Chuck. Yeah. Uh, not Chuck. And so then, um, they go, um, did you say Susan? I think I have had one here for Susan. I go, yeah. And they go, so, so, wait, they're like, Susan, uh, just came and picked up your order. Like, Susan <laughs> has your food. And I go, I, sorry. And then they're like confused. They pull somebody over and then they're like talking about themselves. And they're like, so like, they're gone. Like, where's Susan now? And they're like, Susan left. Like, they, she got her food. Yeah. She got, she took her food. She left. Um, and then, uh, so they're like, I, what's happening? I don't know. And so I piece it together before they do. And I go, oh my gosh, uh, somebody placed the same order at the same time that we did. Right. Uh, ours never went through in the first place. And Susan, um, picked up the order that they placed, uh, and just, it just left with the food. Except. Except all the substitutions that we made. Right. So there's some substitutions that were the same. Yeah. And then there were some additions most the, of the, the order was the same, yeah, but then... There, there's other... So you, you screwed up Susan's yeah, order we, we before she in, picked it up. Yeah, we called in and mucked around with some <laughs> random person's order. And so they're like, we're so sorry. We're going to rush order your food. Uh, 10 to 15 minutes, whatever. They rung me up really fast. They um, were trying to figure out if anybody else had ordered the same food so that they could steal it from their order to right. give it to us right away. Right. Um, and they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, they, they were so rushing that they printed the stuff out before I, uh, finished the order. Cause I wanted like extra biscuits. Right. And then the, um, one person went back to bring it up and the other person was like, just comp it, just give it to them. It's fine. And they also took an extra 20% off our order. So they were super apologetic. Right. Um, 
ready to be, I'm sure, mad like the person who was yelling that from the moment I walked in the door. But I was just like, I was laughing at that point. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is right. so funny. Um, oh, except they were missing one thing. Yeah, and so they put the order through, and then the um, they call it to the bar, and they say, don't make the virgin pina colada. And I was like, oh, did Susan not take that? And they were like, yeah, Susan uh, insisted <laughs> that uh, she never ordered a pina colada and then didn't take it. And so then I, uh, they're like, well, bring it out to the car. Uh, just let us know. And it's like, it's a, I'm like, it's a gray Honda fit, and I think it's like a 2014 and they're like okay that you know that's more than enough information hatchback right? yeah they're like what's the they're like what's the license plate i'm like i don't actually remember the license plate specifically um right. and so then um the only thing that they i'm like it's just across from the doors and they write down gray honda i see on the receipt and then we we pop back i pop back out to the car i'm like we don't have our food we have to wait um so we're waiting laughing like the entire time because we're realizing um a comedy of errors all the things that have happened, it's just been ridiculous. We were on hold right. for like 30 minutes toward a Red Lobster. Right. Um, and just the whole thing has been really bizarre. And then uh, we're waiting. It's been about, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And we see somebody come out with a bag and then uh, walk right to sort of the edge of the door and realize that there's a gray <laughs> Honda hatchback parked right in front of the restaurant and so they talk for a second hand over the bag and go and we go oh my god susan we go okay (laughs) they talked i'm like 99 percent sure that that's actually their order but should i go in just for the day that we've been having to make sure they didn't just give away our food a second time right uh and so i go in and they're they're like oh you know oh sorry i know you've been waiting whatever and i'm like no no no, i'm not worried i've just and then i tell them you know just day we've been having whatever and then i'm just talking with the server and they're like nothing has ever happened like that before it was so ridiculous and i go yeah uh that's that's so weird uh and the person i'm talking to was like yeah i was the person who actually edited your order so when susan came in Mm. and was like i didn't order a pina colada and i didn't order this and that whatever she was really confused and i was trying to tell susan like no I just spoke to you on the phone. <laughs> you called up. And Susan was trying to be like, I never uh, did that, whatever. And um, the my server was like, I was like, is this lady lying to me? I don't know what's going on. So we realized that we called and edited this random person's order. And they showed up. And the server, like, fully seriously looked them in the eye and said, you just called and changed your order. I talked to you on the phone, Susan. I know you made this modification. And then Susan must have been so confused and, like, just, you know, not getting what she wanted because we changed more than one thing. Right. So I'm assuming Susan probably had that a little bit of trouble. That is not my pina colada. Yeah, and so the the and the wait, the, the wait staff was just totally looking at Susan like, she was a total liar. Like, she had so Susan, another extra head. Susan probably had an absolutely miserable red lobster experience. Um, and so we finally, you know, bring the food back. And it's, right. I, I quite enjoyed it. I had a great time. But by, at that point, it had been so long. Like, we had to wait for it. I was starving at that point. Right, right. But that was the most things I've ever had go wrong in a right. single order. And we're talking about it. And I just... Su- whoever Susan is out there, I hope that uh, she's doing well now because she had probably a very subpar <laughs> Red Lobster experience, and she already had her order, so there was no reason for her to get the context. Like she has, ha- she had right. that really bizarre experience and had no clue what happened. Okay, so 
all right, so you told me the story before, obviously, and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the heck out of it even the second time around. But what occurred to me after hearing the story when it was yeah. sort of percolating in my brain a little bit, yeah, it's got the same feel as a famous uh, Douglas Adams story called Cookies. Yeah. And if you'll indulge me a little bit, I'm going to read it here. I don't think it were... was originally Douglas Adams. I think it's like a like an old like sort of folk story that's Is been it? like. See, I'm pretty sure I because I, I looked it up. Okay, so let me read the story anyway. So, um, so this is Douglas Adams. So Douglas Adams is the author of Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy. That's what he's best known for. He also did the whole Dirk Gently's Holistic uh, Detective Agency. He's done a lot of like funny, yeah, yeah, he, science fiction writer. All right. Mm-hmm. So this actually did happen to a real person, and the real person is me. I had gone to catch a train. This was April 1976 in Cambridge, UK. I was a bit early for the train. I'd gotten the time of the train wrong. I went to get myself a newspaper to do the crossword and a cup of coffee and a packet of cookies. I went and sat at a table. I feel, all right, all right, this is just me interjecting. I feel like this is not the original version. Somebody must have edited it because he's English. He would have said biscuits. Yeah. I went and sat at a table. And I feel like the first time I read the story, it was biscuits. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and sat at a table. I want you to picture the scene. It's very important that you get this very clear in your mind. Here's a table, newspaper, cup of coffee, packet of cookies. There's a guy sitting opposite me, perfectly ordinary looking guy wearing a business suit, carrying a briefcase. Didn't look like he was going to do anything weird. What he did was this. He suddenly leaned across, picked up the packet of cookies, tore it open, took one out, and ate it. Now this, I have to say, is the sort of thing the British are very bad at dealing with. There's nothing in our background, upbringing, or education that teaches you how to deal with someone who in broad daylight has just stolen your cookies. You know what would have happened if this had been South Central Los Angeles? There would have very quickly been gunfire, helicopters coming in, CNN, you know. But in the end, I did what any red-blooded Englishman would do. I ignored it, and I stared at the newspaper, took a sip of coffee, tried to do a clue in the newspaper, couldn't do anything, and thought, what am I going to do? Yeah. In the end, I thought, nothing for it, I'll just have to go for it, and I tried very hard not to notice the fact that the packet was already mysteriously opened. I took out a cookie for myself. I thought, that settled him. But it hadn't, because a moment or two later, he did it again. He took another cookie. Having not mentioned it the first time, it was somehow even harder to raise the subject the second time around. You know, excuse me, I couldn't help but notice. I mean, it doesn't really work. We went through the whole packet like this. When I say the whole packet, I mean there was only about eight cookies, but it felt like a lifetime. He took one. I took one. He took one. I took one. Finally, when we got to the end, he stood up and walked away. Well, we exchanged meaningful looks. Then he walked away, and I breathed a sigh of relief and sat back. A moment or two later, the train was coming in, so I tossed back the rest of my coffee, stood up, picked up the newspaper, and underneath the newspaper were my cookies. The thing I like particularly about the story is the sensation that somewhere in England, there's been wandering around for the last quarter century a perfectly ordinary guy who's had the exact, sorry, the same exact story, only he doesn't have the punchline. Yeah. 
So I looked it up. Uh, it's circulated in Great Britain at least since 1972. That was the earliest, like, you know, iteration, iteration of, of the story. Yeah. He first told it in 1984, and he has uh, claimed that it happened to him in 1976 at a station in Cambridge. Right. So it's possible that it also happened to him, but he's not the first person to tell the story. That kind of story? Like that basically version, an identical story from, you know, earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I just love that. Anyways, it, it, that that red lobster thing made me think of that. Yeah, no, it, it is that, a similar sort so of. So Susan story. is out there, who's telling a very similar version of story of get, uh, takeout order getting mixed up. It doesn't have the punchline. <laughs> Susan's story is just getting gaslit by the person who was at Red Lobster <laughs> and trying That's to true. be trying to be swindled into buying a drink that they she never didn't want, ordered. didn't order. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's my uh, yeah. Red Lobster story, and okay. uh, it was, I think. Very entertaining for probably everyone but Susan, because right. the uh, wait staff by the time I was out were also laughing about it. But I can't imagine it was that great of a time for Susan. Yeah, sorry, Susan. Red Lobster is really not that bad. Yeah, if you're out there, Susan, that's that's my bad. Right. Or I guess whoever was working there first, because whoever was working there first, I, I don't know if they got off their shift or what. But the call dropped, and they made no effort to get back into contact with us or put the order through or anything. Oh, okay. So I have no clue what their. Uh, what their deal was. If anybody's right. at fault for the story, I think that's where it started going downhill. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so that was your week. My week was I was at the World Fantasy Convention mm-hmm. in Montreal uh, just over this last weekend, and it was amazing. It So as most people who are watching or listening to this around the time that it happened, we are still in the tail end of the pandemic. And so a lot of guests did not come. Most of the guests of honor did not come in person. They attended virtually. And it, it, it changes things a lot because so there's an interesting conversation I had with one of the guests of honor. And he was mentioning a discussion that he'd had with some of the people who were planning the convention and who were running it that as far as the old guys go, like us, we thought, yeah the convention in person really matters. It makes a difference. And some of the younger people were saying, well, you know, a lot of the interactions they have are online anyways. Being online or being mostly online or totally online doesn't really hurt it that much. Yeah. And it's interesting because, okay, so the online stuff, when I first started attending conventions, I thought definitely the appeal is the panels. Yeah. Because they're interesting conversations. They are guided in a way that conversations often aren't so that they stay on topic. They, you already know going in what direction it's going to take and yeah. whether that's the topic that's interesting to you. It's a live unedited podcast episode, essentially. Interactive podcast episode that's because true. then you can actually talk to the participants during when they open up to questions and after when they're just hanging around. Yeah. So if it's the right size convention, if it's big enough, then you probably can't talk to them after. That's true. That's true. So it was interesting the point where, you know, this guest of honor was, was telling me an anecdote. And I, I guess I don't really want to dox the guest of honor. I don't want to dox myself. So this is why I'm trying to be intentionally vague here. But the guest of honor had mentioned that there was another convention he'd attended when he was talking to one of the other guests. And the other guest was telling him, yeah, that's exactly how their uh, kid was saying, you know, he thought, oh, I'm going to tell my kid I'm going to you know, this big convention and this, these people are going to be there. Yeah. And their kid goes, Oh, oh that's cool. Have a good time. Yeah. But the, and he, you know, this person's going to be there. And he says, okay. And 
this guest of honor felt it was really cool when they mentioned his name mm-hmm. and the kid perked up and said, Oh, that's cool. Can yeah. you bring something back for me yeah. um, from him? And that's sort of the, the beginning of that difference. But I think to me, the biggest difference is that sort of interstitial space where there's nothing scheduled. There's nothing planned and stuff just happens. And just serendipitously. Yeah, that's a, a big part, right? Like you, you I think when you grow up in a world where the people that you know are really just the people that you know, and I, I'm saying it funny, but it's what I mean is that you know certain people and you've known them for a long time and getting to know new people is a hard thing for most. Mm. And going to convention where there's a lot of people you don't know, you don't really expect to make friends or meet people. And when I first started going to conventions, that was my experience. But as I go, I've, as I've gone to more of them, mm-hmm. I've had this really interesting experience where you don't always have to have read the same books. Yeah. You don't always have to like the same books. But it's a good opportunity to build a community. Yeah. So it's make it's friends, talk to people. Similar values or similar uh, fandoms makes it just easier to talk to people. And there's that added benefit of, you know, a lot of people are on vacation. Yeah. And when you're on vacation, you're already in a good mood. You're ready to be happy and open. Mm-hmm. And it makes for some really neat connections. So in that interstitial space, I've actually made some friends that I don't know that I would have expected early on when I started going to conventions. And I think yeah. that's why it's so important that for the, to, to really get the full convention experience at the benefit of it is that if you leave yourself open to experiences like that, it was just, again, it was, pretty spectacular and i guess i i hadn't thought about it enough because i just got back from montreal mm-hmm. i haven't thought about it enough in a way that i can tell any of the stories without um telling somebody else's story yeah you don't know how comfortable mine. you're sharing other people's stuff right mm-hmm. but i gotta tell you it was an amazing experience i don't i wouldn't have changed it for the world i'm really glad i went i was really reluctant i, I had thought seriously about not going even though i had the membership and i'd taken the time off but um last minute i decided because uh there were they they actually confirmed some of the people that were going to physically be there yeah and i thought that made the difference and it totally did and it was really some minor things that made it like if you know one of those situations where something slightly different had happened n- none of the really great parts would have yeah and it was like that but you know if i didn't go there would have been no chance at all yeah so there we go and so that's that's both of our well this one happened like more than a week ago for me that's why I, uh oh, right, did we, last week right 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 we had a teaser um, for it but that's uh that's been it and i think we can maybe do one question so that <laughs> so we have a question so it really is a q and a and not just a a tea like it's just a talk yeah uh random user akc asks are all the players on the justice league team fully augmented damage health crit chance and damage uh, and the answer is no. Right. That's a wrap. No. <laughs> well, let me just say a few things. I think there's a, a couple points, I think, with Injustice that make a lot of sense. Yeah. So I feel like we've talked about it. And because we've done it so long, a lot of times when I, I repeat myself, yeah. it feels like it was recent, but clearly it hasn't been we've recent We've definitely enough. talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. We've definitely talked about it. Multiple times already, I'm sure, too. But we've got hundreds of Q&As that are up, and not all called Q&As, but you know, with various yeah. letters. So the key, they're actually 
the information that you need to know is that they're all crit chance and crit damage augmented. None of them are reg- just damage and health augmented because of a few things that you need to know. One is damage and health stats as they increase will change how matchmaker puts teams, uh, picks teams to fight you. Yeah. And they will get harder as you increase damage and health, which means that your fights will get harder, which means that it doesn't offer much of an advantage unless you manipulate the health and damage in a way that you like. So yeah. when I say that, I mean... Getting the balance it, right. Doing right. one or the other, but not both. Right, because if you just max both of them out, I think you lose all advantage. But we like to have a more offensive team, so we add... If we're going to add anything out of those two, it's damage stat. It'll mm-hmm. increase the stats of our opponents, but it means that we are more heavily weighted towards damage. Yeah, so to be clear, in um, single player and the challenge mode... Uh, bet- better stats are better. But in Survivor and Online Multiplayer, better stats basically come out in the wash. They don't help you at all. Uh, and in the case of Online Multiplayer specifically, uh, they only help you until max battle points. Um, and then after that, they directly harm you. And in Survivor, they're just you know totally value neutral. Right, right. However, because crit chance and crit damage don't hit every time. I, I shouldn't say because I don't know exactly what the rationale f- was for it, but that's my rationale. The crit chance and crit damage don't uh, engage every time. So there's a chance that it doesn't. So it, it has no impact on matchmaking. Yeah. But because on average, so let's say you max um, augment crit chance, it becomes 200, uh, sorry, it becomes uh, 50%. Yeah. And let's say you use gears to increase that. So the crit chance ends up being really high then 100% of the time you're getting 150% of damage. But if you augment the crit damage, that's 250%. And if you have a flashpoint team, you double that. Mm -hmm. So what it means is that your damage output is, even if you only stick to the 50%, yeah, you're on... You get 75% more damage on average. Right. Just by doing those upgrades, assuming no gear. And so that, obviously, that affects stacks with gear, but you essentially get 75% boost to your damage with crit chance and crit damage that doesn't get calculated into any stat. And so you get to smuggle it in without making any matchmaking harder. Right. Yeah. So there we go. That's that's our one question this week. Yeah. Uh, So this is the Red Lobster episode. We have a lot for other weeks. This is the Red Lobster and World Fantasy Convention episode. Um, but to finish oh, up, actually, before I say that, so the lesson for Red Lobster is, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the moral story. I want to sum it up. The moral story of Red Lobster is, calling does not save you time because if you hadn't called and you just shown up, you would have missed the fight. Yeah, and you would have placed your order, and you probably would have gotten your order about as quickly, but you would be out one really cool story. We would have gotten our order faster actually because of the half hour we spent on the phone. That's correct. There were because all the driving time plus the waiting while we were there plus the half hour we spent on the phone, it wouldn't have saved any time. You you would have been faster just not yeah. calling, showing up. So the moral story is don't call Red Lobster. The, That's the lesson. The moral of the story is do call Red Lobster. Apparently, um, because it'll give you one of the most entertaining. Uh, customer support experiences that you've ever had to deal with yeah uh so to finish up here we'd like to give a huge thank you to uh well i'd like to give a shout out to elisa tiny socks katen she only wears those tiny socks that don't cover the ankle and she suffers a consequence for it there are socks that don't cover ankles you know like those socks that are really low like tight 
ridiculously low. Don't they all cover low. the ankle? Like, no, even they're low. The really some really low ones don't, oh. so they don't show up. But they also ride off your heel like yeah. easily and instantly. Um, and so this this shout out was brought to you by Eliza, who wrote this one. Uh, but I'd also like to give a second shout out to long socks. They're warm, they're comfy, and they never slide down. Long socks, try them. I like longer socks in general. Uh, so there we go. And we'd also like to give a huge thank you to the lovely folks who support us on Patreon and give us money to do stuff like talk about a uh, Red Lobster ordering experience for, <laughs> you know, around 20 minutes, yeah. which is, you're very generous and we're very indulgent. Um, yeah. So that's a huge thank you too. That would be Victor Gomez, Consul Peasant, and Ed Woon at the top tier last word. Cinemac and Mohamed El Shady at the Your Message Here tier. Sean Farrell, Daniel Simonson, Aaron Mall, Michael DeVries, Brandon C., Irvin Ruiz, and Eddie Dew at the credited level. And Chris Wolf, Scarlet Danny, Awesome Gamer 2 for 1, Pavu RS, Gavin Malat, and Isfari at the gratitude level. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Komoda. Komoda.